You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, host of Food for the Future, a weekly podcast that brings the humanities to today's food dialogue by showcasing everyday people trying to make a difference. This show is part of the series Our World, featuring stories from agri-food leaders who spend their lives contributing to unity for humanity. Today, we're speaking with Antonius Petro, Executive Director at Regeneration Canada, about Soil Health and World Soil Day coming up on December the 5th. Welcome, Antonius. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me, Peggy. It's a pleasure to have you here. Antonius, what is Regeneration Canada? Regeneration Canada is a national nonprofit organization that is dedicated um, to promoting and scaling up regenerative agriculture across Canada. We think of regenerative agriculture as one of the most promising solutions to lots of today's crisis. So we, it's for um, biodiversity restoration. It's to mitigate climate change. Um, it's to improve our water cycle and really to ensure a just and fair food system for all of us. And all of this while improving the livelihood of our, uh, of our farmers. We started in in 2017 as a really um, like a citizen based initiative that really was really interested in talking about soil health and regenerative agriculture. At that time, the word regenerative agriculture was a little bit less known than it is um, right now. So we started by the the first edition of our Living Soil Symposium um, that took place in Montreal in October 2017. And we were really happy with the outcomes of this. There were around 400 people came from across the country telling us that, yes, let's do this together. So after after the event, we found ourselves, you know, answering um, to the question of what to do now. So Regeneration Canada was founded after this event to really carry out the messages and all the requests that we heard from our members at that very first event. So to become the first national organization explicitly talking about soil regeneration and regenerative agriculture. You know, that's amazing. And when you're talking, Antonius, I'm thinking of a small group of dedicated individuals. And now we have Regeneration Canada. But I'm also thinking of the Earth Summits in Brazil that got us the sustainable development goals. So it's really important, these grassroots initiatives and people who see something that needs to be changed and then going out and doing it. So fabulous. Now, who started it? You said a small group and that there were people that attended the gathering. Who started it? Yeah, so there was a fantastic group of five women from uh, the Montreal and, and Quebec area coming from a very different background and life experience. And they were uh, they were led by my former colleague, Gabriel Bastien, in 2017. And I, I joined the group as a volunteer at the very first symposium. And then after that event and kind of quit some of the jobs that I had. And we really got together with uh, the co-founders and we started really setting the foundation for an organization. So all the nice work at the beginning from, you know, who we are, how to do it, who are our members, where to get the funding. So we really started from scratch and now we have a national team covering from BC to Nova Scotia, um, working with 
59 partners, lots of consultants, um, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of members, both on an individual level and also corporation and organizational level. It's really important also to to mention that Regeneration Canada, when we started, there were lots of organizations working with and for farmers. Farmer Association have been doing great work for, for decades and decades in, in, in this country. Um, and we also had lots of environmental, maybe urban-based organization talking about raising awareness and about climate change and mobilizing the community. But there wasn't an organization that has all of this together. So we came out with this, um, we didn't came out with it, but we adopted this multi-stakeholder approach where our producers are in the centers, but we work with with citizens, with agri-food businesses, with policymakers, with indigenous communities, with everybody who consumes. And that was a unique thing when we started it. It is still is, it gives us lots of challenges and lots of work to do, but this is really the, the DNA of our work, is a multi-stakeholder approach to, uh, to our work. So multi-stakeholder. So speaking of that, what types of individuals or what spectrum of people are involved in the regenerative agriculture through Regeneration Canada? And and this is really the beauty of our work is that each of these stakeholder group have lots of diverse different communities and interests. So let's take producers. We work from 20, 40,000 acre farms in, in Western Canada to two, three acre market gardener farm in southern Quebec or, or Ontario or, or, or Nova Scotia and everything in between. All the cropping system um, from grain, livestock, market gardener, oil seed, fruits, uh, vineyards, everyone. Because the regenerative agriculture principles are, are the same um, everywhere, it really creates this inclusive uh, movement. Now, the practices are and should be very specific to the context, which also creates the specificity of each of the region that we are serving. So this is for producer. Now we have, again, we have consumers, we have individuals that are just interested and wanting to do something for the movement and for nature, for the land, for agriculture. We have small communities, small organization, big organization, multinational food businesses that have science-based targeted that they really want to advance on the ground, that they work with us on to work with their farmers and their supply chain. So it's this diversity of members and partners that really keep us working and keep our enthusiasm and our compassion for the work. And that diversity brings such a broad range of knowledge and cultural participation and therefore quality. You had said you were founded in 2017. That's not that long ago to have 15 partners across the country and then all of the other activity that you're doing. So it's a testament to not just the quality, but the passion and the alignment to many, many people across the producer-consumer spectrum. So you offer education as well, which is really, really important so that people can understand what is re regenerative agriculture and how do they fit into the solution and the team. And so what kind of education programming do you offer and what have been participants' response? Yeah, so we, we offer um, really a myriad of, of different opportunities for everybody who wants to learn or to share their knowledge. So in terms of education and, and knowledge capture and knowledge sharing, we it varies from training to farmers on a specific 
specific topics, a specific practice in a specific area to a general public focused webinars like the, the series that we're having right now. And that is open to everybody in a very accessible, uh, accessible way. We even had some uh, workshops for school uh, from different ages and, and and different countries. So we really try to respond to all um, all our community needs. So on our website, there is hundreds and hundreds of hours of videos and articles about everything regenerative agriculture that is for us uh, really should and goes beyond the farm gate. So we speak of regenerative agriculture on three different levels. There is the soil regeneration that has a, a specific set of practices. But if we keep it there, this is just taking care of one aspect of the equation. Mm -hmm. The second level for us is the farm. So there is the soil, but also there is the crops, the husbandry, the animal, the human in all of this, the marginal areas, the watershed around us. So this is the farm again. This is our, the second level of how to look at regenerative agriculture. The third level is the community, is the ecosystem in general. So who is buying from who? How are regulation and system in place fostering the good conditions for our producers and our farmer and rancher to continue doing their work while feeling the support of the network? So comes to how we see regenerative agriculture as the capacity of a whole ecosystem to sustain life. So instead of focusing on just harm reduction, we are really focused on having a positive impact in the environmental perspective, but also from the economic perspective at the end of the day. A farm is a business that needs to thrive sustainably. I have one of our farmers that always say, you can't go green if you are in the red. You need to have this uh, financial and economic viability for our farms to sustain environmental and regenerative transition. So what a, a great conceptual map of you've got this social, diverse, multicultural, you know, people animating Regeneration Canada. And then from a biostatistical and, and natural perspective, you've got this really broad, you know, all the way from the farm to the ecosystem from the soil up. In preparing for this show, one of the things that I was really interesting in was the Living Soils Symposium. I, I loved that title. You know, we often think of, uh, we don't often think of the life of the soil. So what is its cycle and how is the soil alive? Soil is the most living ecosystem that we have. Um, I think we estimate that there is uh, more living organism in a teaspoon uh, of soil, more than there are humans on earth. It's just that we don't really see them. But it's the most complex and the most living ecosystem. We estimate again that all the science that we have today, we I think we discovered around maybe 1% of all the science in the soil ecosystem. So this soil food web is the most essential part of our existence. They are very active in the very in the first 10 inches of our soil. And 96% of our life on Earth depends on this 10 inches of, of soil that has all this microorganism that recycle the nutrient, that feed the plants and the trees and then the animals and then ourselves. So it's a, it's a fascinating word that I would invite everybody to go and, and, and learn about. 
in our website, there is a lot of videos about the life in the soil. There is also a movie done uh, called The Living Soil Film. So you can really go and dive into this world that really we depend on and it should be our first priority to protect nowadays. Right. And you had said we tend to neglect what we can't see. So all the more reason to access those videos on Regeneration Canada about how the soil is living, but also take a different look at it the next time you're outside. It's uh, it's fascinating to think there's a whole ecosystem there living right among us that is sustaining our life. So thank you for bringing that to our attention. After the break, we'll discuss World Soil Day coming up on December 5th with Antonius Petro, Executive Director of Regeneration Canada. This is Food for the Future, and I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts. Welcome back. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill. You're listening to Food for the Future. We're speaking with Antonius Petro from Regeneration Canada about World Soil Day coming up on December 5th. Antonius, why is World Soil Day an important day to observe? It's not only important, it's uh, it's crucial that it should be our birthday. I would like to send maybe three different messages about why this is important. Think of it. We, we depend on the first 10 inches of topsoil for 96% of our food, our medicine, and our clothes. So if we cannot take care of this, of this soil, and if we cannot give it the importance and the attention it merits, we're really wasting our most valuable source on earth. So the second point is that soil is our biggest carbon reservoir on earth. In a time of climate change, we we think a lot about the carbon cycle and the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. But what lots of people don't know is that soil has more carbon in it, more than the atmosphere and every living organism on Earth together. Even with everything we've done in the last centuries to our soil, it still has the capacity to absorb carbon dioxide from the atmosphere, store it in it for millennials, and then feed it back to our plants and to our trees. And the mechanism of this is very simple. It's a photosynthesis. They put together the light and the carbon dioxide, and they made this almost liquid sugar of carbon that they send up to 40% of it to the microorganism, to the root system for our plants. So this is a second point why we need to really take care of, uh, of our soil. And I think the third message is that we absolutely need to understand that we eat what is in our soil. So a healthy soil is a healthy plant, is a healthy animal. There is a great book by Dr. David Montgomery and um, and Dr. Ann Bickley. It's called What Your Food Ate. And it's really this relationship between what we grow, what we have in our soil, what we have in our microbiome and our, our gut microbiome and what we eat. So soil is life. Soil is medicine and food and clothes. Soil is climate change mitigation solution. And soil is what we eat. You know what, Antonius, I'll never think of World Soil Day the same again. I'll, I'll consider it my birthday, as you said, because there's so much about the soil that is life-giving that it is a form of birthday. So you must meet incredible people every day. You're one of them. What have you learned from others about soil health and regenerative practices? 
I'm most fortunate to meet lots of pioneers and champions from coast to coast, our farmers and ranchers, and with them and before them, our, our indigenous communities and, and, and leaders have been doing regenerative agriculture way before you and I were born. The term was coined maybe a couple of decades ago, but the principles and the practices have been put in place and practiced by peasants and, and indigenous communities across the globe for many, many, many hundreds and thousands of years. So we, we really have everything we need in our country to be one of the of the biggest leader in regenerative agriculture. My biggest learning curve is that we cannot afford not working with nature. Every farmer, every rancher we meet, their mantra, their ethos is how to work with nature and not against it. Mm -hmm. How to ask ourselves the question, which living ecosystem I'm increasing today, I'm improving today, instead of which pest I'm killing or which herbicide I'm spraying, and instead going to this mindset of how I'm going to increase the ecosystem capacity to sustain its life, um, how I'm going to add this little thing that it's going to increase life on earth and life on soil and life on the farm. Wonderful perspective. What can I reach for what I want as opposed to stopping things I don't want? Now, there is a function to that, but it's maybe become out of balance. And thanks for reminding us of that as we think of regenerative agriculture and soil health. This show is part of the Our World series, so we're looking at agri-food leadership in our world today. What further leadership is needed for soil generation to really shine across this nation and the world? I think it starts with every one of us um, asking the question of how much I know, how much I should know. And I think there is a role for us as consumers, as part of the supply chain ourselves in our choices of where to buy our food, what food we're buying, how much we're spending on our food, who in my area can I support? You can just go look at Regeneration Canada's map of regenerative farms and go visit these farms and see in your areas. I think we need to take this seriously. It's not just about being aware of what's happening. It's really have a action toward it. This is something that everybody can do. Then we have our leadership in terms of policy, and there's lots of work that have been done, but is there a way more to be done in terms of how to center our policies and our thinking around our farmers, how to center these voices in every decision that we take, and how to foster and enable the conditions for them to transition to more regenerative agriculture. So from the macro level, as a country, we need our policies and our financial institution to really support a farmer and, and rancher transition. And from our consumer perspective, when we choose where and how to buy local regenerative food um, as much as we can. One last thing as consumers uh, that I would like to share with our audience is that don't point fingers to our farmers. Our farmers are doing everything they can to support this transition, to respond to our needs. So yes, go and do activism around what needs to be changed. But think twice about blaming a farmer that works 100 hours a week to produce the food that we don't know how to produce in our, you know, city, urban uh, setting. They are doing their role. Just listen to their stories. And by the way, I'd like to invite everyone to our website. We're launching this amazing campaign called Stories of Regenerations. This is from across the country about stories 
of regeneration. This is 10 podcast episodes. This is 10 articles. This is six webinars. The next one is on uh, December 5th, which is the World Soil Day about how to regenerate our planet. So that's an invitation as well to go consume this knowledge that is happening led by our farmers and ranchers from coast to coast. Thank you so much for making that point. It's one of the reasons why we do this show. There was a certain narrative being put forward and it didn't match my lived experience with the farmers that I know. And we're very grateful for that. Do you have any final thoughts, Antonius, that you'd like to share? Beyond, of course, expressing my gratefulness to be here with you, I just want everybody to know that it's about regenerative agriculture is about solutions. Everybody knows what's going wrong right now. Let's focus on the positive impact that our action could have. We need to have a positive input in our uh, day-to-day life for the ecosystem the solution are there. And it's a message of hope. It's a message of optimism. We see miracle on land by implementing regenerative practices. And again, everybody has something to do and a role to play. So thank you very much for this time. I really enjoyed it. It was a sincere pleasure to have you here. And it's why we take a humanities approach on this show, that people are going to change the systems. And you've given each one of us so much to think about. So thank you. Thank you very much, Antonius, and to the entire team at Regeneration Canada for your inspiring work. Very comforted by our conversation today. So thank you. Thank you very much. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking with Antonius Petro, Executive Director from Regeneration Canada, about World Soil Day coming up on December 5th. Each week, to keep leadership growing together in agri-food, we leave you and your family or friends with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about? What could you do to help regenerate soil in your area? Something to do? Visit Regeneration Canada to learn more about one team's local leadership for global encouragement. Next week on the show, we return to the monthly series, Food for Thought. We'll hear big ideas from Sharon McKenzie from the Intergenerational Society of Canada about holiday baking across generations. Don't miss a show. Subscribe on Curious Cast and all other major podcast platforms. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, and you've been listening to the weekly podcast, Food for the Future. Thank you to our Platinum Elite Level sponsor, Burn Bray Farms, Eggs for Life. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday on 980 CFPL, Curious Cast, and where you get your podcasts.